Alhamdulillah, then we continue the uh, explanation of verse uh, 34. Will they not then give thanks? This exclamation is intended for scolding. Meaning, were they heedless about all of this and thus they did not even think about giving thanks or did they disdain all of that and thus they don't give thanks? Because the lack of thanks or absence of, of thanks is either to, due to heedlessness or intentional disdainfulness, denial. Many people, when it comes to the favors of Allah, are either heedless, and they think that this is a usual matter, like any other usual matter, Allah having no favor therein, And this may occur from the believer who may have not tasted the opposite of these favors because man does not properly estimate the favor of Allah until or unless he suffers the opposite. Man does not estimate health except from the opposite unless he is ill. And this is heedlessness. And this is heedlessness. Or it could be to, due to denial. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah An-Nahl, chapter 16, verse 83. They recognize the grace of Allah, yet they deny it. And most of them are disbelievers. They come to say, what we have got is because of our knowledge and the like. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is reminding and scolding at them will they not give thanks ash-shukr gratitude means obedience to the one who bestow the favors and to dispose the favors in ways that Allah had intended this is the meaning of shukr and we should remember this definition this is the definition of shukr of gratitude obedience to the one who bestows the favors 
I mean Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to dispose the favors in ways that Allah had intended so the one who disposes the favors of Allah in ways not intended by Allah then in this case he is not giving thanks so if he takes these favors as means for disobedience then he is not thankful because he disposed them in ways not intended to Allah bestowed these favors so that we establish worshipping him subhanahu wa ta'ala and a shukr gratitude is connected to three things al-qalbu wal-lisanu wal-jawarih the heart the tongue and the body parts the gratitude of the heart it is that man confess man confesses and attests in his heart that Allah is the one who bestowed this grace upon him whether it is an initiated ni'mah an initiated bounty or a word of of harm both are from Allah so he shouldn't think that this is his smartness rather he should relate it to the one who bestowed this upon him Allah the most high this is the shukr of al-qalb the gratitude of the heart as to the al-shukru bil-lisan shukru lisan the gratitude of the heart or the tongue this means that the person mentions the favors of Allah upon him praising him for that قال الله تعالى فأما بنعمة ربك فحدث فأما بنعمة ربك فحدث and make mention of the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon you proclaim that this is in surah 
الضحى chapter 93 verse 11 the proclaiming of the grace Proclaiming of Allah's grace on the tongue. Should not be out of arrogance. Otherwise it becomes disdainfulness. Not gratitude. This great, this gratitude of the tongue should be not out of haughtiness and pride. Can you hear me please? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? <coughs> please put one. How about now? How about now? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now, please? Can you hear me now? Okay. The proclaiming of Allah's grace on the tongue should not be out of arrogance, haughtiness otherwise, and haughtiness otherwise it becomes disdainfulness, not gratitude. And as to the third type, or the third relation, is that of the shukrul jawarih, gratitude of body parts, to carry on the obedience to Allah Azza wa Jal, Proclaim the ni'mah, make it apparent if he is rich, this becomes apparent in his mount, in his dress, in his outward appearance, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves when he bestows grace upon someone, loves for that to be manifested. Now, if someone says, 
if someone says, is there a difference between alhamd and ash-shukr, praise and gratitude, or are they in agreement? The answer is, there is difference between them. First, Alhamd, Alhamd's connection is with the tongue only. The praise connection is with the tongue because it means describing the praised one with perfection out of love and magnification this, do, this does not transcend to the body parts second alhamd is due to the benevolence of the one praise and also due to his perfection however a shukr is due to benevolence only so therefore it's applicable to the graces only however alhamd يَكُونُ عَلَى النِّعَمِ Alhamd covers the graces and also due to the perfect attributes of the one who bestows them meaning Allah Azza wa Jal so there is in the relationship between Alhamd and Ash-Shukr there is generality and there is particularization from one angle there is generality generality and then from one angle from another angle there is particularization so alhamdu praise is more comprehensive in relation to the cause and more particular in that which is in that which it is connected to or related to while ash-shukr is more particular when it comes to the cause and more comprehensive in its relations and connections Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is praised for his favors and for his perfection. This is the cause for praising. And that it comes only on the tongue. While ash-shukr is due to favors only. And therefore, you don't say, أَشْكُرُ اللَّهَ عَلَى, كِمَا عَلَى كَمَالِ صِفَاتِهِ I thank Allah for His perfect attributes. You don't say that, but rather you say for His favors. You thank Him for His favors. So the cause of shukr, of gratitude, is more particular. However, it is connected to the heart, the tongue, and the body parts. So in this sense, it is more comprehensive. This is a very beneficial point concerning the difference between ash-shukr, gratitude, and alhamd, praise. So, try to make note of it, inshallah.
the benefits of this verse. In these verses, there are many benefits. First one, making clear the ability of Allah Azza wa Jal to give life to the dead land. And second, taking what is witnessed as evidence for the unwitnessed. In this regard, giving life to the dead land is witnessed and it is taken as a proof for giving life to the dead after resurrection on the day of resurrection or when resur- uh, on the day of resurrection rather and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pointed to this evidence in his saying in surah fussilat 41 39 وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ إِنَّ الَّذِي أَحْيَاهَا لَمُحْيِي الْمَوْتَى إِنَّ الَّذِي أَحْيَاهَا لَمُحْيِي الْمَوْتَى إِنَّهُ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ And among his signs in this, that you see the earth barren, but when we send down water to it, it is stirred to life and growth of vegetation. Verily he who gives it life, surely he is able to give life to the dead. Indeed he is able to do all things. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also Allah the Most High said in <coughs> Surah Qaf 50 verses 9 and 10, 11 وَنَزَّلْنَا وَأَحْيَيْنَا بِهِ بَلْدَةً مَيْتًا كَذَلِكَ الْخُرُوجِ And we send down blessed water from the sky. Then we produce therewith gardens and grain, every kind of harvests that they, that are reaped. And tall date palms with ranged clusters, a provision for Allah's slaves. And we give the life therewith to a dead land. And we give life therewith to a dead land. Thus will be the resurrection of the dead. Thus will be the resurrection of the dead. And the verses and evidences in this respect are replete. From the benefits of this verse. Permissibility to describe the inanimate with death and life. So this is not particular to the to creatures with souls with active souls. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said Al-Ardu Al-Maytatu The dead land So he described it as dead Ahyaynaha We gave it life So he described it with life This also brings another benefit making clear the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he said Ahyaynaha we gave it life and then he said Wa minha and we brought forth using the we referring to himself and this is out of magnification and from the Benefits making clear the ni'mah, the grace 
and bounty of Allah Azawajal in bringing the vegetations, the crops, the fruits for man to use. And from the benefits, making clear the need of man to his Rabb Azawajal, to Allah. Because Allah said, فَمِنْهُ يَأْكُلُونَ They eat their from, or their off, so they eat their off. And in this, فَمِنْهُ From it, or their off they eat, or they eat their off. This particularization, in this particularization there is evidence That man is challenged here that he that it is impossible for him to eat except from that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings forth. It is as if if you are able, then bring for yourself that which you can eat from. However, you're not going to be able, able to do so except that from except from that which we bring forth. So there is a challenge there. There is an embedded challenging in this. From the benefits is making clear to man the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in having these great and abundant trees with shades the date palms the grapes and in this there is an indication for the favor or the merits rather of these of the date palms and of the grapes these fruits because they are eaten with ease fresh and dry and from the benefits is making clear the ability of Allah to produce all sorts of Springs, this barren land brings forth this fresh fluid, the water. From rocks, from in between rocks, and hard, rocky places. Allah Ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah 2.74 وَإِنَّ مِنَ الْحِجَارَةِ لَمَا يَتَفَجَّرُ مِنْهُ الْأَنْهَارِ وَإِنَّ مِنْهَا لَمَا يَشَّقَّقُ فَيَخْرُجُ مِنْهُ الْمَأْ And indeed there are stones out of which rivers gush forth. And indeed there are of them stones which split asunder so that water flows from them. And indeed there are of them stones which fall down for fear of Allah. This is from the perfect ability of Allah Azawajal. Musa salam used to strike the stone either a stone which he carried or any stone and therefore and there comes gushing from it twelve springs covering the tribes the twelve tribes of the children of Israel and this is from the perfect ability of Allah Azza wa Jal. 
Also, there is evidence, there is a benefit here. This benefit is the need of dates, <coughs> date palm trees and grapes for water. And that the its fruit is dependent upon that and its the abundance of it is dependent upon the pray, the, the water. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said وَفَجَّرْنَا فِيهَا مِنَ الْعُيُونِ لِيَأْكُلُوا مِنْ ثَمَرِي And we made springs gush forth so that they eat from its fruits. So this indicates that water has an effect in bringing forth abundant fruits as well affecting its welfare and this is something witnessed in this also there is benefit refuting Al-Jabriya sect refuting Al-Jabriya sect Al-Jabriya this is a deviant sect. Those who claim that man is compelled how this is refuted? It is refuted by affirming the cause and wisdom. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لِيَأْكُلُوا مِنْ ثَمَرِهِ So that they can eat thereof from its fruits. And the textual proofs affirming the wisdom of Allah azza wa jal are replete. Like in Surah Al-Qamar 54 verse 5. حِكْمَةٌ بَالِغَةٌ فَمَا تُغْنِي النُّذُرُ حِكْمَةٌ بَالِغَةٌ فَمَا تُغْنِي النُّذُرُ Perfect wisdom but the preaching of warners benefit them not and from that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explicitly stated through negation when he mentioned in Surah Sa'd 3827 وَمَا خَلَقْنَا السَّمَاءَ وَالْأَرْضَ وَمَا And we created not the heaven and the earth and all that is between them without purpose. That is the consideration of those who disbelieve. Then woe to those who disbelieve from the fire. And also through what he said subhanahu wa ta'ala or in that which he said also by way of negation. In Surah Al-Dukhan verse 38. And we created not the heavens and the earth and all that between them for mere play. There is nothing more affirming of an attribute 
than its direct affirmation and negating the opposite. Negating the opposite indicates the perfection of the attribute. And here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, negating, and we created not the heavens and the earth and all that's in between them for mere play. So this, this negation affirms the perfection that Allah created them for a perfect purpose. And from the benefits affirming the grace of Allah upon his slaves by having this these fruits that we eat what would you think if these fruits became or yes if they became bitter would they be beneficial that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said concerning the water in Surah Al-Waqi'ah 56 You know, sound problem again, so I'll try to solve it, inshallah ta'ala.
Okay. Alhamdulillah. Now back. Uh, what was the last point that you heard? Now, negating the opposite indicates the perfection of the attribute. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala negated that He did not create the heavens and the earth for no purpose. So therefore there is a purpose and a perfect one. And from the benefits of this verse, making clear the the grace and bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon His slaves by having these fruits available for them to eat. What would you think if these fruits were bitter? Would they be beneficial? And that, that's why Allah Azza wa reminded us concerning the water we drink. As in Surah Al-Waqi'ah, chapter 56, 68 and 70. to 70 قال الله تعالى أفرأيتم الماء الذي تشربون tell me the water that you drink أأنتم أنزلتموه من المزن أم نحن المنزلون is it you who caused it from the rain clouds to come down or we or are we the causes of it to come down certainly you Allah is the one who caused it to come down. لو نشاء جعلناه أجاجا. If we willed, we verily could made it salt and undrinkable. Why then do you give thanks? Why don't you? Why then don't you? Do you not give thanks to Allah? So, if Allah Subhanahu wa Taala willed, He would make. He could have made this fruit useless. And from the benefits of this verse is that we don't have, we don't possess the ability to bring these fruits to existence. Rather, this is a mere bounty from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If all mankind will come together to produce one single grain or one single date, they wouldn't be able to do so. Yet we see that Allah the Most High creates all these fruits that you cannot enumerate. We didn't do that by our hands. The only thing we do is that we direct these fruits in the way that Allah taught us to do so. So we take the male pollen from the male date palm and we put it in the cluster of the female date palm. As to creating it, bringing it into existence, no. And from the benefits is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it clear as to His grace upon us in making 
use of these dates or these fruits rather and from the benefits of this verse is the obligation to give thanks to Allah because Allah the Most High scolded at those who don't give thanks and gratitude in addition of being an obedience rewarded by Allah it is also a cause for more of attaining more of Allah's graces and that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah Ibrahim chapter 14 verse 7 and remember when your Lord proclaimed if you give thanks by accepting faith and worshipping none but Allah I will give you more of my blessings but if you are thankless meaning disbelievers verily my punishment is indeed severe if someone says we see many people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed upon them from his graces yet they are thankless disdainful so how can then we understand this verse and remember when your Lord proclaimed if you give thanks by accepting faith, I will give you more. But if you are thankless, then my punishment is indeed severe. Many are those who have are or received a lot. Many, many graces, many bounties. Yet they are thankless and disdainful. So how can we answer this? And this is a matter, the answer of which, as you will come to know, inshallah, should be singled out as a refutation of this thinking which exists amongst many people. So, inshallah ta'ala, we can take this out from the recording and added it to points of clarification on the site. So, the answer is as follows. Number one, punishments or punishment is not restricted in losing the favor rather it also could be by way of hardness of the heart and its sickness and illness Although many people think that punishment is by way of losing the favors, while in fact the punishment of the hearts by illnesses or by sickness and harshness and hardness and turning away from Allah and His remembrance, this is the greatest punishment or a greater punishment 
in addition don't you think that those who are enjoying their enjoying their bodies don't you think that they are really enjoying or have enjoyment in their hearts never in fact in their hearts there is restrictedness and unease impatience regarding the pre-decrees of Allah which renders them to be in fire rather than coolness and tranquility and you cannot find a good life better than the life of the believer even though he may be the poorest of mankind this is testified to in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah al-Nahl man amila salihan in surah al-Nahl chapter 16 verse 97 man amila salihan min dhakarin aw unsa wa huwa mu'min أجرهم بأحسن ما كانوا يعملون whoever works righteousness whether male or female while he or she is a true believer verily to him we will give a good life in this world with contentment and lawful provision and we shall pay them certainly a reward in proportion to the best of what they used to do in paradise in the hereafter we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from them so those who are punished in their hearts their punishment is far greater than the loss of favors in wealth or fruits and so forth secondly these favors are hastened to them voices and how about now so they are given the rewards of their good deeds as a way of in this world only as a way of punishment and as a plot and that's why in the hadith when Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu came to the Prophet والسلام, when he was leaning on a leather pillow stuffed with palm fibers and which left a mark on the Prophet's body Umar cried in fact we read in the hadith
he said I sat Umar he said I sat down and cast a glance at the room and by Allah I could see anything of importance but three hides I said to the Prophet invoke Allah to make your followers prosperous for the Persians and the Byzantines have been made prosperous and given worldly luxuries though they don't worship Allah ادعو الله فليوسع على أمتك فإن فارس والروم وسع عليهم وأعطوا الدنيا وهم لا يعبدون الله وكان متكئا The Prophet ﷺ was leaning then and on hearing my speech He ﷺ sat straight and said Ibn al-Khattab O Ibn al-Khattab meaning Umar Ula'ika qawmun Ujjilat lahum tayyibatuhum Fil hayati al-dunya He said Ibn al-Khattab Do you have any doubt That the hereafter is better than this world These people are given the rewards These people are given the rewards Of their good deeds in this world only So they were given these this prosperities and this luxurious life as a punishment. And if this is also if they die and they suffer the punishment, this becomes even more intense upon them. Why? Because they departed this life while so attached to it. Enjoying all this. And then there goes the punishment upon them and it becomes so intense in this sense because they had lost quote unquote all this luxury and prosperity and therefore they will be in intense grief here is a story which is related from Al-Hafid ibn Hajar or it is mentioned that Al-Hafid ibn Hajar al-Asqalani Rahimahullah And he was the chief justice in Egypt At one time He passed by a Jew Selling oil And he was tired of this job His clothes dirty and smells And, and when he passed by him and he saw that Al-Hafid bin Hajar on his mount the chief justice with a carriage on a carriage rather driven by horses and people on his right and his left so the Jew stopped the caravan and said Ya Qadir Quda O chief of justice how come you are in this status while I am in this referring to his himself as an oil merchant while your messenger وسلم, says الدنيا سجن المؤمن وجنة الكافر that this life is the prison for the believer and paradise for the kafir, for the disbeliever. So how come? فقال ابن حجر رحمه الله ابن حجر رحمه الله responded ما أنا فيه من النعيم في الدنيا this prosperity that I enjoy in this life is a prison بالنسبة لنعيم المؤمن في الآخرة when it is compared to the enjoyment and the bliss awaiting the believer in the hereafter وَمَا أَنْتَ فِيهِ مِنَ التَّعَبِ and as to God to that which you suffer from toil and trial هو بالنسبة لعذاب الآخرة جنة when it is compared to the punishment in the hereafter it is considered as a paradise 
So now you are in your paradise because لأنك سوف تنتقل certainly you're going to move to a punishment unimaginable. When Al-Hafid mentioned this to him, قال اليهودي, the Jew said, أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمد رسول الله I testify that there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad is his messenger and so he accepted Islam. So therefore those who are in such enjoyment in reality it is misery and punishment although their bodies may be physically enjoying this kind of enjoyment many people are heedless about regarding this matter and it is regrettable or regrettable that this disease infiltrated the Muslims many most Muslims nowadays look only to achieve this kind of enjoyment meaning the enjoyment of this life only while being heedless regarding the hereafter and that's why you find them always speaking about play and enjoyment and the like as if they were only created for this and this is from the greatest things which turn the people away from their deen having their hearts attached to this life seeking only its enjoyment and we don't deny we don't deny that the person takes from this life that which is beneficial for him in the hereafter in fact this life is only a means a path, a passage to the hereafter if it is taken in this respective then it is in reality part of the hereafter however what we deny is that it becomes the greatest concern for man as if he is created only for this this is due to the weakness of his deen and also of his lack or weakness of his deen and also due to incompleteness of his intellect or reasoning so how could how 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 is it that you make of your self and your life the precious one so important so importantly attached to something which is not guaranteed and not eternal Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said concerning the people of Hud on the tongue of their messenger Hud in Surah Al-Shu'ara chapter 26 verse 129 126129 fine buildings as if you will live therein forever you're not eternal you're not living forever so why then you take this passage to be your most most concern 
for your greatest concern yet you don't know when you are going to depart none of those who are enjoying this life while being thankless they don't know like all of us when they or when they will die but he knows that he will stay forever and hereafter if he believes in that yet despite all of that he works for this life which he was not created for and leaves and abandons the hereafter for which he had been created Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi Listen.